Sirloinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet or anywhere. I'm still your host, Megan. Continuing this week one more time, I am your host, Joe. And we are here today to talk about episode 604, entitled Hour of the Wolf, or as Joe calls it, Filler, Filler, Filler. That's what I called it. It's a better name. This episode was written by my least favorite, Lucas Schnellhass, or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. You love him. I don't. I don't. Um, and the director is a woman by the name of Christiana Ebohan Green. And I was surprised that this was a female director. Really? Because the direction has a male gaze, not a female oh gaze. Oh my goodness. Really? We'll get into that later. So this episode begins with a cold open. Okay. It's a flashback to Ian becoming a Mohawk. So we go right back to season four. Yeah. After they traded Ian for Roger. Right. And Terrible deal, by the way. <laughs> um, it was a good deal. They wanted Ian. In, I, but they were like, they won that trade. The Mohawk won the deal, oh, for sure. I mean, sure. It looks like they're ripping his hair out in this scene. It does look like that, yeah. It's quite aggressive, but it was nice to see Tom Jackson... Yeah. He was in it. Big Canadian actor. I used to have a huge crush on him when I was a little girl. What's his role in this? He's the... He's the chief, chief, yeah. He's the chief. And he says to Ian that Ian is now flesh of their flesh and bone of their bone, which is a overt throwback to what Jamie says to Claire on their wedding night in episode seven. Very convenient that that crosses yes. the, the the ocean all the way to the indigenous folks of america it's unbelievable writing is what it's called it's completely unbelievable it's unbelievable that's whoever for sure. wrote this maybe isn't the best writer about lander no it's it's just like it's trash it's 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 hammer fisted fan trash, service trash it's, trash it's just like and you said that's a different rollo but i don't care because that dog is beautiful hey he is arguably more beautiful than og rollo um, that's a beautiful dog. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, really? Sorry to, sorry to cheat on your original Rolo. Maybe it is original Rolo and he's just gone gray, but that dog looks like, uh, has a lighter coloring than original Rolo. I'm not going to go back and check. No. Then we have the opening credits and that's where I saw, oh, it's Lucas Schnellhas. Okay. So he's the writer. So just a reminder, this is the writer that completely destroyed the character of Roger, made him, uh, an abusive, misogynistic person Mm -hmm. that was just horrible as an individual and i find it funny because i don't know if you noticed but roger was only in the episode for 15 seconds yeah it was a very roger and he had one line and i think that's good and i there's a small part of me that wonders if somewhere one of them knows and they're like who's writing this oh lucas is okay don't touch roger don't touch roger we're doing all we can to rebuild his character yeah you can't you can't write up luke but the first scene we have is deep breathing. It's Jamie and Claire, and they've just finished up. Mm-hmm. Then we have Jamie assigning Fergus with some tasks. And Fergus Fergus says, um, I know what you're doing. You're trying to make me busy. It's like, of course, that's what you're doing. And Fergus brings up the good old days when they used to print the news themselves. E. And, Malcolm. Yeah, A. Malcolm. That's when right. A. Malcolm and Fergus. Yeah. Good for you, Thank Joe. You. Thank you. That's a callback. That is, that is a callback. But Fergus says to Jamie, do you ever think about those times? And Jamie says, now and again. But you can tell Fergus misses those times. Yeah. And Jamie, not so much. No. Well, why would he's like the laird of, 
about a billion acres in America. He has titles and money. He's got a wife that he has sex with every 45 seconds. He had none of that in his A. Malcolm days. <laughs> he just had McDoo 1 and 2 and Fergus. That's true. That's not cool. It's not. Then we have the scene, the one Roger scene, where they're all shooting with the guns and Roger's is so pleased with himself. He says three words. I hit it. Yep. And that's it. That's all he's got. And Sophie Skelton here, she's playing unhappy. And she mutters like, oh, I'm practicing. It's like, what's happening? She's trying to act and I'm not following her mood. I don't I don't understand what she's trying to do. Like, why is she sulking around? She looked very sulky this she episode was, for no reason whatsoever. No, Maybe because she didn't get to invent something. It was unclear. But I, I did notice that they did keep his... Even though we only had three words, they are keeping his good guy Roger arc alive. Because in previous seasons, he would have missed that shot. Yeah, they're like, see, he's see, so good. He can, he can do a thing. Yeah. Jamie follows unhappy Brianna. I think she's playing unhappy onto the porch. And this scene is bad. Like, she's doing her mumbling thing yeah. again. I kept looking at you to react to the delivery. She's like, I'm like, oh my God, I Joe. I, I had to actually be like, I, I, I have to talk about this. You got to let me listen to it. Yeah, I just kept looking at Joe to say like, do you believe that, that, that that's her delivery? But you said you don't mind it. You don't mind her delivery. I mean, it is what it is. And she has like three lines an episode now. So, so they know. I'm not really worried about it. Jamie and Ian go to the Cherokee, and Ian sees a Mohawk horse. Yeah, he's like, that's not right. Right, and in fact, and I meant to look up this guy's name, it's the Mohawk who we met in season four, who we really liked. Yeah, he's great. He was great, and we have a long flashback. These actors must all have been excited to come back. Yeah, yeah. We have a long flashback, which we've been waiting for. But I will say this. I don't think we needed that much of a flashback. Like, we sort of know what happens. Ian went. He lived with the Mohawk. Here's, here's, what, I've, here's what I've figured out from, from the limited amounts that we've been given. Ian lived with the Mohawk. He got married. He had a baby. It didn't work out. He's unhappy, and he left. Do we need to see the whole story? Um, we do, because they had... 60 odd minutes of this episode to fill and no plot so they had to put something in there they're like i know let's have a whole episode where we flash back to ian's sad story sure so he meets his wife the girl i will say the girl that plays his wife is excellent she's great she's so beautiful and she is a good actress yeah she was solid i will also say she has no chemistry with ian not as much as the little witch does that's for sure I know. Why did they show us this after showing us the chemistry between Malva and Ian? It's like, I've seen now what that actor can do. And I mean, I don't know, you know, chemistry is something that you can't explain. That girl is stunningly beautiful and she's a good actress. I don't know why. I don't know. Just didn't have it. That's why they do chemistry tests. Anyways, you agreed that, um, you agreed that she was, you know, very pretty, but you said she could do better than that discount dress shirt. <laughs> yeah, she had some weird discount dress shirt on, like this, but whatever. I guess that's they didn't really have a lot of places to shop back then, so they took what they got. Yeah, and then we have, you know, they get married. She gives him a bracelet to to say to remind you of our the time that we became one. 
Great. Got it. You guys have had sex. And then we proceed to have what can only be described as a long humping scene. Yeah. And it is a, it is an actual humping it scene. It is. And it goes like to what purpose? The yeah. grinding and the bumping and yeah. like, she's like biting her lower lip like they do in porn. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, who? That's why I was so surprised this is a female director. Because it's like, really? This is a female director? And again, I just want to say, because we complain about the sex scenes all the time. It's like, it's not that we don't like sex scenes. Like Outlander, episode seven, The Wedding, great sex scenes. Like, lots of shows can do it properly. This show cannot. And it doesn't seem to matter what director they select. Like, I don't know if they're... Remember I kept turning to you and I'm like, why would this go on for so long? I think it's what the core wants to see. And, and you, you're like, well, why are we seeing these two have sex? And I, I mean, my theory was because they can't really show anyone else having like hump sex, as you called it. Um, <laughs> you know, because cause Katrina Balfe is like wicked pregnant, so it doesn't really play. And Oh, she can't hump and bump like this beautiful right, actress. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, we know from pre uh, previous seasons that Roger and Brianna's uh, hump and bump chemistry oh my, is that is horrific. It's horrific. Of, it's just a lot of hairy asses no, and that kind of their stuff. Their sex no scenes, one... Roger and Brianna's so, sex scenes are so disturbing. Yeah, so they're like, we got to show somebody. You know humping. who would be great humping and bumping? <laughs> Malva and Ian. I mean, show me that. Hopefully, we see it. Give hopefully me that. We see it. Don't give me this weird prolonged scene. It went on for so long is anyone getting off on this someone must be who luke shellhaas oh my god did he write this i mean and was he like the writer does and you think that it's and then a quick have, scene that's right but make it last for 35 seconds it took a long time yeah then the next scene we have is quite long and it's all of the mohawks sitting around in sort of like a bunk bed campground area and um they ask ian it was like a bunk bed campground area i didn't i didn't really notice it. it was like and i mean i don't want to be disrespectful of how they probably lived but yeah i just i never really thought about it it did have like a summer camp sort of feel to it i didn't i when i was watching it i never i never noticed that they ask him to tell a story and then when he doesn't know the words they said that's okay sing a song like why and he does and it's a long song yeah. i mean here's like here's what i can tell you anytime i feel uncomfortable about telling a story <laughs> i'm not like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna fucking sing it instead that's like that's like doubling down on oh. awkwardness like no one ever does that but he was point? right What's in there the point of this it was long i don't know. why are we watching got nothing this else to do no there has to be a reason. I mean... There has to be a reason Claire for can't the scenes. ether people for a whole hour. They got to do some things. Just on the note of there has to be a reason for the scenes, I want the Loinlander fans to understand my frustration. Like, I actually tried to listen to the official Outlander podcast from the last episode. I thought, I thought maybe Matthew B. Roberts could provide some insight. I don't know why, because he has never provided anything. But I thought, I'm going to listen to this. And he wasn't available. And instead they had Tony Graffia and this Lucas Schnellhaas guy. Oh, you didn't But I you. really like Tony Graffia. So I, I thought, am. here we go. This is going to be good. 
And I couldn't listen to the whole thing, but I fast forwarded a little bit and I got to the scene at the end where Roger gives the sermon and then how they show Tom Christie beating Melva. Because I thought, let's get a little insight into this. Like this show is a combination of boring and then often disturbing. And I thought, let's delve into this because, you know, in this day and age, it's like, we already know that there's an 18-year-old woman being beaten by a man that she lives with. That's disturbing. But what's what's going on with this prolonged scene where we see it again? Like, yeah. how did this work? And what was it like on set? And what's the reason for the storytelling? And why did we see her brother or cousin crying? And, like, let's, let's just get a little insight. Do you want to know? I'd love to know. Because... Yeah. They talk about it while the up, while the scene is playing. So what did they say? Are you ready? I'm very ready. I'll quote Tony Graffia. Please. And this is not good for Malva. Wow, that's deep. And Lucas Schnell has said, yeah, heartbreaking. And then they just watched it. And then they moved on to the next scene. And I thought, I need something more from the executive producers of the show that are inflicting me with constant violence then and this is not good for malva it's like what you're the storyteller that's that's your storytelling i guess it is back to this episode ian's wife is now pregnant remember the good old days when i was the one that didn't like the show (laughs) It's upsetting. What is happening? Where is Ronald D. Moore? He has left all of us behind. He is long gone. So gone. Like, long gone. He is not even skimming these episodes. Oh, he's nowhere near any of this stuff. Okay. Ian's wife is pregnant, and they're lying on the bed together, and you said, do you think Rollo ever gets confused that there's a blanket that looks like him? Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. disturbing, for sure. And she said, do you miss your home? And Ian said, you are my home, which is the same thing that Jamie said to Claire. The repetition of the Jamie and Claire wedding night is supposed to, I believe, make us feel invested in this love story. Oh, well, it's good to know now. She wakes up bleeding. Yeah. Goes into labor. They lose the baby. Obviously, obviously awful. Yeah. And then we're back to Jamie and Ian because Ian is telling the story to Jamie and Jamie says, I'm heartsick for you, lad. Then she loses another baby. Yeah. Sad. It's awful shit. Horrible. And she's very sad about it, obviously. Yeah. Like, she just starts weeping by the river. And the creator, the Mohawk's creator, tells them that Ian's spirit is not truly Mohawk and that's why this is happening. Right. Which you think is bullshit, but as it proves as later in the episode, we find out that it's not. Actually, it was all true. So I, mean, I, I was like, why'd they kick him out? This is terrible. Turns out they made the right call. Spoiler. He repeats, I am flesh of her flesh and bone of her bone. It's like, no, no, no. We get it. You've, we get it. We don't need. We know. Um... And they say to him, it is what must be. 
Well, actually, his wife says that to him because he goes back to his wife. Yeah, he's like, no, this is a big, this is a mistake. She she wants me, and he's like, no, I'm actually hooking up with your buddy. You and... were you were quite surprised at I this. I mean, that's a dick move. You were like, that is some cold ass shit. It is cold ass shit. Like, and then you said, why does he have any loyalty to these people? That's what I don't understand. Like again, yeah, this is this is more like classic bad Outlander storytelling. It's like, so sorry, you go and the Mohawk. They fuck you over pretty hard and break your heart. And then I don't understand why when he went back, he's still so loyal to them. Like, so deeply loyal to... I, I mean, I guess maybe... Maybe it's the same reason why I keep watching Outlander. <laughs> maybe. It's like some sort of Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> yeah. And he said... So then Ian's telling Jamie the story. And he said, would you have left if, if it were Auntie Claire? And Jamie says, it's not the same lad. And you were like, yeah, it's not. Because Claire loved him. Yeah. So that's a little different. Then we are introduced to Alexander Campbell. He's the other Indian agent, the one they call Scotty. He introduces himself to Jamie. This guy's an alcoholic and a pretty despicable human. Yeah, it, it establishes pretty quick that he's kind of, you know, he's a drunk. And he uh, he's also a bit of a scam artist by the sounds of it. Yeah. So. Right, douche. So we meet douche, mm-hmm. and then we have a long scene with Claire exper- experimenting with ether. Right. On one of the Beardsley twins and Lizzie. This is um, this is part of filler, 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 because I can't imagine like we have now spent about what is what episode are we on four? Yeah. We've now spent four episodes establishing Claire's um, ability uh, ability and just. Honestly, her ownership of a bottle of ether. And we now know, if anyone didn't know what ether does, now we really can know what ether does. Like, it's, I don't understand. Like, they literally have nothing else for Claire to do but knock her and other people out. Now they're just doing it for fun. They did, this is, like, before it was sort of motivated. Like, she was knocking herself out because she was having Lionel like, Brown Lionel Brown flashback, flashbacks and she wanted to knock out um, what's his name Churchy Tom because mm-hmm. she was going to mangle his hand and now she's just doing it for fun because they're like well what are we going to do what can she do with Ether? who hasn't she knocked out yet how about those weird looking twins and boring ass Lizzie let's do that like who's she going to like next week it's going to be the bugs they're going down like who, I, I don't like everyone's going to get ethered before the end of this season. This is what I was saying last night. After I'd watched this episode twice, I was lying in bed and I turned to Joe and said, if I'm Katrina Balf and I see these scripts, it's like, what's my character arc? Yeah, she's like, where what? the hell is Belfast 2? Like, where, what's that? What's my character? What are my goals? What's the arc? Where am I trying to go? She either applies ether to people or has sex with her husband. That's her... That's her big character now. That's insane. Yeah. It's... That there is a television show with the main character not doing anything. Yeah. She's it's... the main character of the show. I mean, I guess it's sticking to the book, but man, it's a, it's a giant, it's a heap. I think the problem is, and I have read up to this point, Brianna is a way bigger character and so is Roger, but they cast so poorly that they can't rely on that. Yeah, so like in the books, because you said this is still in your reading. Yeah, realized, I read this stuff. What are Roger and Brianna supposed to be doing? 
exactly what they're doing right now, just that it's like it takes a long time. So nothing. Yeah. Great. Did she invent matches? She I don't remember. Else? She didn't invent anything in this episode. I was disappointed. So, yeah. So they go to, I mean, in a way, this scene is maybe the best scene because it's got Malva in it. And she takes a sniff and says, it does smell queer, doesn't it? And Claire's like, don't breathe it <laughs> in. Your face, you weird little witch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, I don't, I don't need you passing out when I'm in surgery. Like, the whole point yeah. is for you to help me, not pass out but she is a good apprentice for sure they knock out lizzie so then ian asks his mohawk buddy if they had a child if he asks one of the mohawk if his wife and his brother friend friend, had a child yep they had a son he was walking around when we left and you felt this for ian i mean it's a kick in the dick for sure and all like it i mean hey the creator was right like i said i guess they made the right play yeah but it's it's such a again like it was such a weird storyline like I don't know it was whatever I guess it happened in the book maybe I so don't know. Ian and the wife stealer get in a fight mm-hmm. but then the bad Indian agent insults the Mohawk and they agree to a duel pistols at dawn or okay, pistols great. at whenever yeah, let's pistols do it. at whenever the guy can find a pistol was it was sure. sort of the yeah. how great. I read it yeah yeah Ian and Jamie then talk more some more about their dead babies Mm -hmm. it's depressing it was it's boring totally and i will say very very christian oh yeah this was a real churchy episode phrases such as the lord has a plan and is merciful like that sort of thing like that is hard core christianity shit and i am wondering if that's who is watching this maybe just like I, hardcore I don't remember Christians. jamie being that churchy ever he's Did always I been catholic i mean i guess yeah he's being very catholic right it's just it's right. like a lot of it is like no well ian I, went and prayed in the forest remember when yeah but i mean he could be he's probably praying to the creator right like maybe, i don't know anyways that sort of caught me off guard and that's when i was like is this show because when i'm like who's this for like outlander was my favorite television show almost of all time at one point yeah. and now i am like i have never been so disappointed in something imagine how i feel <laughs> yeah and i'm just like who is this for like it's not for me someone who loved the story like it's not for me so who is it for is it for like God-loving Christians who want to watch married couples hump for long periods of time. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe. Like, I mean, maybe the people for? people that are still uh, loving the show, maybe, maybe they would say they just love these characters so much they'll watch them. Watch paint dry. Yeah, watch them as if they were paint drying, I guess. Okay. So, Ian asks Jamie, where is she? And, uh, you know, Jamie's talking about Faith, which was a beautiful episode, by the way. If we can just go back. You refused to watch season two. Yeah. like, But it was a beautifully done episode. Tony Graffia wrote it. And um, anyway, so just shout out to when Outlander was good. Jamie says, my daughter Faith was also lost. And then I really like what he said. He said, only that I can say that at the end of life comes death. And after death, they come home to the Lord. How long the first shall last, I can't say. I didn't mind that. No? No, I don't know. I didn't mind. I I thought it was nice. 
And then, okay, so his Mohawk brother, wife stealer, says to Ian right before the duel, he hands him a bracelet and says, if I die, give her this. And I'm like, what the? She made him a bracelet? She gave him the same bracelet to remember them as one? Like, this woman... That is really insincere. No. It's, it's really didn't. insincere. I mean, unless it's kind of like a ring. Like if you're married and then you get divorced and then you would give the Probably, other person yeah. a ring. But it just it looked really similar. And it just seems like it didn't. I don't know. It's just it is another um, kick in the ass for Ian. Yeah. But then he says, take care of my wife and my kid. Go to them. Yeah. And. Ian, I, I can't even remember. Was he in like, okay? Or I, he didn't really respond to that. I don't know. Meanwhile, Jamie decides that she, he's going to tell the chief of the Cherokee that his wife and daughter can see into the future in their dreams. And I thought, good for Jamie for trying. Right. The yeah, chief. Gotta, oh, go ahead. No, you got to try. Yeah. yeah. And then the chief says, well, it's good you gave us the weapons then. And Jamie says, no. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that. No. 20 muskets against 20,000. It's no good. Yeah. And I like how blunt he was. I mean, yeah, it's interesting because, the you know, one thing Outlander has never showed, um, to any extent that I can think of off the top of my head, is what ramifications anything they're doing have on the future. Yeah. Um, you know, probably none. So, you know, Jamie can try, but I don't think it's really going to make a difference for this guy. Probably not. Probably not. And he says, did you pay a great deal for your wife? And he's like, she cost me everything I have. Every single day. Then it's the duel. And the Indian agent tries to shoot him in the back. Yeah, he's a scuzzball. So he tries to get the jump on him. And Ian takes the the club from his cheater buddy. And Mm -hmm. he like Mm -hmm. knocks the gun out of the guy's hand. And then Jamie turns and says... It's your turn to shoot back. Yeah, Which, cold Jamie. Yeah. yeah, he's like, you can go ahead and shoot him right in the face if you want, but yeah. uh, but uh, wife stealer is is the bigger man, and he he says you have to live with being a coward. Which I think that guy would take over dying, probably. Yeah. Then Ian says to Jamie before they get on their horse and buggy that he doesn't know what he is if he's you know if he's Christian or if he's Mohawk. And uh, Jamie says, call yourself whatever you want. Yeah, he doesn't care. The music was good. I will say I really oh, like the music in this episode. There you go. Good. Yeah. There's a plus. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, <laughs> then there was another scene with Lizzie. And you're like, why do we keep getting Lizzie? <laughs> it's like, they just need to fill it with stuff. It's like, throw Lizzie in there. Throw something in there. Throw one of those weird looking twins in there. But then you were like, more of the witch, please. Yeah. <laughs> I like the little witch. She's I do cool. Too. I like I her. I really like her. So, and and back to the little witch as we're calling her. Claire tells Malva that she's doing really well. Yeah. And um, I mean, she looks at Claire's book and she starts muttering about the devil and. She is just a, <laughs> the creepiest little little Halloween thing out there. But uh, every episode, they she always does. I don't know if it's. That this is just who this actress is, if she just plays this way, or if it's written for her to sort of be. Because anytime anything about, you know, like there was a thing with the ether where she's like, 
it's like it's like we can kill them and bring them back to life. Oh, like, I know. She's like, you know, it's all she's yeah. so creepy about it. She's like, so I can kill anyone anytime I want and bring them back to life. Yeah. It's, you know, she just like she gets right into it. Yeah. Claire sees Jamie returning, mm. and so she asks the loins stir. So she asks Malva to tidy up for her, mm-hmm. and she takes off her apron. Katrina Balfe is so pregnant in this episode. I don't know if this was, like, shot out of, like, she can't get more pregnant than she looks in this episode. Yeah, eh? they have to put, like, giant aprons on her, and then she walks in to see Jamie, and, and she's, she's holding a like, coat. She's got coat a coat over her stomach, and then she's, there's a part where she's clearly resting her arms on top of her pregnant I, belly. I know. And then <laughs> they begin, Sam Hewen has to go and, like, you know, begin the sex scene, but you looked and you're like, he can barely put, like, he's got to, like, put his arms, like, he's got to stretch around her belly. Like, guys. Yeah, like, again, it's, it's like, why did they, like... Because they had to show us. This was probably the best part of the whole episode because you're like, okay, so they're having sex again. And then you look and you just see Melva, like, staring through the... <laughs> staring She's through the, the little, what's it called window window except it's not even a window no, she's but she's just like creepily looking in the and window and then when they go down she yeah. like goes on yeah, her tiptoes and that's the last thing you see yeah i love that character because mostly because she's the only interesting interesting like, thing on this show right it's now super weird yeah. like what do you is that her fate yep she's mm-hmm. just watching <laughs> yeah she's a little weirdo well that's the episode guys and it was a good art no it wasn't I mean, I feel bad saying bad so many bad things about this episode because you basically beat it with a stick. The whole, the whole. It was it was a bad it was a bad episode. This is a bad episode. I mean, the whole season's been bad. Like it's just there's they're they're basically making a TV show about nothing. Like there's no. I mean, I've said it every single episode of Loinlander this season. It's just there's nothing. Nothing happens. They're just filling time <laughs> with with words and pictures, but there's no arc there's no story here like what's gonna happen next episode i have no idea like there's like it, it and why prob- would you tune into the next episode yeah there's nothing for me to be like oh do you think like probably claire's gonna use some ether on something they'll probably have sex and malva will say something creepy tom will give a dirty look to someone and fergus might be sad? I don't know. Roger will have a good guy moment. Like, they'll just jumble all those together and that'll be another hour in the books. We'll see. Okay. We'll see if I'm right. What would you give this episode out of 100? I can't even rate it. it <laughs> I can't either. I'm not rating this episode either. I mean, two? I don't yeah, know. Three Badly Malvas died. out of ten. Uh, yeah, three Malvas out of ten. Yeah. MVP? Malva. It's Malva. Only, it's only Malva. Malva. Malva what and Rolo. Is there? I, like... I agree. Malva and Rolo. What was the best scene in this episode? I don't know. I know. Uh, I guess the ether scene, because it was at least kind of, like, there was some charmingness where, you know, they would get knocked out and not realize it. Like, it's the only bit of charming in the show. Creepy Malva, you know... None of the stuff with the Cherokee w- was interesting to me at no. all. So, it was nice to see Tom Green. 
He's still handsome. Tom Jackson. Tom Jackson. Yeah. Who's Tom, Tom Green? Tom oh Green's a Canadian comedian. <laughs> and he is not, not handsome. Not handsome, no. That guy is not handsome. No. But Tom Jackson is. That's right. So the best scene for me is probably the final five seconds with Malva being super creepy and watching Jamie and Claire. Because it's like, what? Oh, yeah. She's watching. So that was my favorite scene. And the worst scene? Uh, every other scene. No, you have to be specific. Oh, uh... I think it would be the pregnancy humping at the end that didn't include Malva. Oh, really? It was just so awkward to watch because it was like so. And every time, like watching that scene, all I could think of was like, I they had to, you know, Katrina Balfe and Sam Hewen had to be groaning like when they read it. And they're like, oh my God, are you serious, guys? Like, give us something else to do. Where's Jocasta? Is there a bear in the forest? We can, there can be a, remember last year where at least like a buffalo ran into Brianna? Like there's a whole forest full of shit out there. Like, like have something come in, uh, get out of squirrels in the cabin. Oh no. Like whatever. Like give us, <laughs> give us something like sure shit. Something can happen. They're in the damn forest. Like an eagle. I don't know. Like yeah, anything, something. anything. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. And how about you? What was your worst scene? Um, oh, just the one I already, you know, loudly complained about the bad sex scene between Ian and his wife. Like, should they be doing some research on what makes a good sex scene? Like, there's... Do they have one of those sex coaches, like Bridget? An intimacy... Yeah, there it is. ...coach? No, I don't think that they do. But yeah, like, look at Bridgerton, the first season. Like, there's examples to use guys like who's whatever it's fine it's fine and speaking of fine <laughs> this... that, <laughs> that wraps up yet another episode of loinlander the most unofficial outlander podcast pretty much in the universe i would think at this point it is unofficial That's for sure right. <laughs> no for sure all right well have a great week talk to you soon bye, bye.